Some people say that the most important address the pastor gives the church is the one at the new year. I disagree with that. I would say the most important one is the one every time he gets up and speaks. It's not the important one. Everyone's important. Because if it's not important, sit down and say nothing. Shut up. There's no point you coming out if the most important one was Christmas or New Year. True? Well, as the bells rang out for Christmas, so did the chimes ring out for New Year. And it declared a new time. It declared a new day. It declared a new season. And as I said right at the beginning of this service, I said, when the bells ring out, it gives an opportunity for, excuse me, for many of us to say goodbye to 2014, good riddance, depending how your year went. For some people, they say, I don't want 2014 to finish. Well, don't let another de- a number detract that it hasn't finished. Because God works in seasons. Not just in years. God's, God isn't bound by numbers. He works by seasons. Amen? So if you're in a season in your life, whether you're going through something, you're on the mountain or you're in the valley, you're still going through it. The date didn't change anything. Because God's work has to be completed. The work that God started in you has to be completed. So when 214 to 215 does not change that. That's the good news. <laughs> yeah? I saw a brilliant cartoon this week, and uh, I think it was Jenny who put it on Facebook. And it shows a cartoon of two sets of people. The same crowd is in this picture. And the first question is, is asked to the crowd, who wants change? And everybody's hand goes up. Who wants change? Well, right now, I don't know if there's nobody in our nation that doesn't want some form of change. Some want a change of government. Some want a change of boss. Some want a change of football manager. Some want their team to buy new players. Then the next cartoon picture of the same crowd, and the question comes to them, who wants to change? And nobody puts their hand up. So the first picture was, who wants change? And everyone puts their hand up. The next question is, who wants to change and nobody's hand gets put up? And I just thought, wow, what a powerful picture that is of life. Everybody wants change. In fact, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't want change in some area of life. But who wants to change and your crowd gets smaller and smaller and smaller? You know, our nation wants change, but half of our nation doesn't even go to the voting poll. So it wants change, but it doesn't want, they don't want to change. They don't want to have to go, you know, stop, interrupt the life and go to a voting uh, pool, uh, poll, I should say. Half of them are up the poll. So the question is, who wants change or who wants to change? Because those who want to change will bring the change. Those who want change will allow others to make the change and they just carry on. And, you know, the kingdom doesn't work by the first question. The kingdom works and advances by the second group of people who want to change and embrace the change that God wants. You know, God wants change and God wants you to change. Hello? You see, if God's begun a good work in you, then God wants you to change so that you can bring change. 
That's the part we don't always like. You see, many people this year will join a gym. True? This is the best time to open a gym, get everybody on a 12-month contract, because by latest February, they'll stop. And you've got 10 months money. Okay? Why? Because people look in the mirror and say, change needs to happen. Yeah? You look at yourself, you're thinking, you know what? You need to change, Tony. You need to change whoever your name is. And someone's left something on the phone. Is that a phone? Okay. Just make sure it's uh, taken care of. You look in the mirror, you think something needs to change. No, it's not something needs to change. Someone needs to change, not something. The mirror doesn't change anything. When you look in that mirror, it's actually you. You know that, don't you? It's not an imposter. It's not a doppelganger. It's you in the mirror. Okay? So some people this year will change their job. Because they're brassed off or they want better opportunity, so they'll change. Some people will change their clothes this year. Some people will change their health this year. Some people will change their church this year. But how many people, despite all those changes, will change themselves? How many people? Some of you young people want your teachers to change. You want the workload to get less. You want detention to get less. You want less homework. It's not going to happen. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, guys. But if you change your attitude towards what's going on, things change. Oh, the homework came, but you rose above it. Yeah? (coughs) So many people will change, will want change without them changing. So let me ask you, when the bells rang out this year, how many of you made a New Year's resolution? Is there anybody who made a New Year's resolution? Good. Because resolutions don't last. But how many of you this year, let me flip it around and say, how many of you need a New Year's revelation? You don't need a New Year's resolution. You need a New Year's revelation. And that's where we're going this morning. New Year's revelation. A New Year's revelation. That's what God will give to us this year, 2.15. Because if we stay in the same level that we were in 2.14, one of us is not growing. God will reveal himself greater in 2.15 than he did in 2.14. You say, well, Tony, you say that every year. Absolutely. And guess what? I've been proved right every year. God has revealed himself to me Greater and greater as each year goes by. Because God wants the light. Listen, God's light and God's glory will never run out. He's got so much to share. In fact, so much so that he's provided eternity to share it with me. But this side of the grave, God can't share everything he's got with me. Why? Because I've got to grow. And I've got to position myself so that he can share those things with me. So they mean something. Hello? So they mean something to us. They have significance. So we need a New Year's revelation. Would you agree with that? Each individual in this room 
needs a New Year's revelation. So you can go stronger, go higher, go deeper, pursue more of God. A a resolution means it's an official decision that is made after a group or an organization has voted. Well, we're not voting this morning, but we are making a decision. A a resolution is something that has is, is done and said with determination. But how many of you know when the act comes into place, willpower seems to fade? So how many people have said, I will not smoke another cigarette this year? And by day two, they were smoking. True? Why? Because they, they were determined at the time they said it. I want to stop smoking. But by day two, the cravings kick in. The grumpiness kicks in. And you think, get a cigarette, Tony. And you start the willpower to, to hold on to the determination to stop smoking fades. So a resolution really is neither use or ornament. True? It's a promise you make to yourself. To do something then that, that then leads to an act. And hopefully, it, should, it has to involve the will. But the moment the will opts out, you're left with words. Yes? The moment the will is not held in position, you're just left with words. It felt good. It, I meant what I said. I had determination, but the will did not back me up. How many of you been there? That's why your gym membership is still going, but you're not. Yeah? The gym membership will be going to the gym longer than you. Yeah? And then they're going to turn around next year and they're going to say, do you want to renew your membership? Yeah, this is the year and I'm going to do it. So now they've had two years of your money. And they're smiling, but you still look the same. In some cases, worse. But a revelation is to have something that is unknown, something that was a mystery or a secret made known to you. Did it involve your will? Well, to some degree, yes, because you asked for it. But it also involved a higher will. Someone else's will decided that what you need is now what they're going to give you. When you begin to ask God for a revelation, a new revelation... Only God knows the the content of your heart and the nature of your heart. If God sees a true desire for you to pursue him fresh, God will give you the revelation that is needed to sustain you. Hello? If God sees the desire of your heart is to know him more, then God will give you the revelation that you need to sustain you in the walk. Why? Because it's God who began a good work. He knows the work he's begun in you. So God knows the revelation that you need to keep you on the path. So you're asking God for certain things, but that's not the revelation God's going to give you. Because God gives you the revelation that he wants you to have and the revelation that you need. Why? Because in the revelation, listen, in the revelation, he's going to reveal himself. Now, if I'm going to ask you, if I'm going to ask young Daniel here, Daniel, next Sunday, bring me a picture of yourself. 
What's Daniel going to do? He's going to go home and say, Mom, where's all the pictures you've taken of me? And he's going to choose the best picture. Is he not? Why? Because he wants to look good. He wants to look good in front of me. And he's going to pick the best picture he's got so that when his pastor looks at him, um, he's being represented in the best light. True? Your father does the same. The father gives you the best revelation that represents the father and shows him in the exact light he needs to be seen. True? That's what God does. Now, God's never in a bad light because every picture of God is good. Every facet of God is good. So this year, the revelation that God's going to give you will will be different for each person. But nevertheless, it all comes from the same person. So if we're going to have a revelation, you need to write this word down because there needs to be a correlation. A revelation needs a correlation. A correlation is a connection or relationship between two or more facets or facts, I should say. Facts. So a correlation is a connection or a relationship between two or more facts. Now, you need some facts in your life. How many times? I said, when we're younger, we're taught the facts of life. And we start talking about sex. But you know there are other facts in life as well. If I'm going to look at the facts of my life, if God's going to give me a revelation, and I'm going to have a correlation... Number one, for me, number one fact that is, there is a God who can be spoken to and connected with. Some people don't believe God hears them when they speak. I believe there's a God who can be spoken to and connected with. That's a fact. Why? Because I've got that fact in my life. I've got that mileage. Amen? That's a fact. That's a correlation that helps establish... My pursuit of a deeper relationship. Hopefully, it does the same to you. I need some facts. Bible says, he who talks to God must believe God is there. Right, that's a fact. I need a fact. So when I go into my closet, whatever that closet is, I know that when I speak, I know he hears me. That's a fact. He doesn't always speak when I speak to him, but I know he hears me. And he doesn't delay, he doesn't, it's not like there was a bad connection, he hears. So that's a fact that's established. Fact number two is, there's a God who speaks his word, his life, and his purpose into me. So it can be received, understood, obeyed, and fulfilled. I'll say that again. There is a God who speaks his word, his life, and his purpose to me. So not only do I speak to him, but he speaks things back to me. What does he speak? His life, his word, and his purpose. So that it can be received, understood, obeyed, and fulfilled. What is the point of me as a father speaking to my children if you can't understand me? What is the point of me speaking to you if you don't don't understand, you can't receive, You can't obey and you can never get fulfillment. These are the facts that bring us a correlation in our revelation. 
They connect us in our relationship. They deepen us in our relationship. This year, God wants to reveal his life, more of his life, more of his word. Amen? More of his purpose. How many would agree with that? Right. So in order for you to receive those things, you need to understand what's coming. Yes? You need to receive, or from what you receive, you must understand. From what you receive and understand, you must then now learn to obey. So when you receive and you understand and you obey, the next level is fulfill. I fulfill what I've received and what I am receiving. That which came from above. The disciples constantly keep saying that which came from above. So God wants us to have this correlation into our life. And it's called a relationship. The key to a new revelation, New Year's revelation, is a deeper relationship. Ah, that's like going to the gym. For me to want to go deeper into Christ means I just want you to do something for me. I didn't expect me to have to do something to get something deep more. Well, my friend, the definition of insanity, you all know it, is keep doing the same things expecting a different result. Well, if you keep eating the pies and keep eating the cakes, you don't lose weight. It's a, that might come as a revelation this morning. I wonder why I'm getting bigger. Well, revelation number one, let's put a fact here. Pies equal calories. Calories equal increase in mass. Okay? Pies and cakes and sweets and your, your, your sugar drinks are all bad. Bad sugar. Naughty sugar. Amen? So when you walk past a cake shop, go in the name of Jesus, you are bad for me. Cakes are not bad. It's just the cake every day. Pies are not bad. It's the pie every day. Amen? So if you're if you own a pie shop, we're not closing you down. You have to do something to go further. It's just a fact of life. Kids have to go to school to learn. Kids don't realize that you have to go to work to earn money. Well, maybe not, not in our society, you don't. You can just stay at home and the government will give you some. But the theory is go to work, earn some money, create a life. Amen? So let's turn to 1 John chapter 1. And this must be your pursuit. If you want that correlation leading to a revelation, then 1 John is, is something good that will lead us to a deeper, to a higher, to a wider relationship. In 1 John chapter 1 verse 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim to you concerning. Concerning what? The word of life. There's that word of life he wants to give you. Which was with the Father and has appeared to us. So they've received something. They've received the word of life. They've received his purpose. They've received, they've got this correlation of revelation going on. And now they're receiving. Amen? So it's possible. And it's appeared to us. Thank God it's appeared. Thank God the revelation, the revelator is appearing. Hello? 
Thank God he's appearing. He'll keep reappearing. He always appears when people pursue him. He always appears when people pursue him. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Now, if you're going to have a new revelation, if, new, if it's going to be a New Year's revelation this year, we need to start with origins. You're not looking for a revelation out there somewhere. Okay? You're not looking for a revelation in somebody's book. You hear what I'm saying? We're not looking for a revelation by searching on the internet for another message somewhere else. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because the relationship, the correlation is between you and your father. It's between you and your father. Now, there'll be revelations that God will give you this year that you'll hear from, that'll come out of our mouths. But that's, that's wonderful because this is a continuing journey of yours. This isn't a complete new source. This is a continual origin. Yes, God's put you in a house. Now, this year, Grace is going to Australia. Woo! She's fed up with England. She's turning her back on the cold weather. I wonder why anyone would go to a warm climate. I don't know. The point is, is she's going to be changing location, but the revelation will be similar. Because Pastor Peter and myself, we, we draw from a, a very similar origin. Well, we do. Father, and then we have the same earthly father, Papa Jonathan. But Peter has his way, and I have my way. But she's blessed, so she'll get this revelation. Now, hopefully the girls who are already here, they'll find there's going to be differences. Of course they are. There's an English accent, there's an Australian accent. But they'll, 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 they should know by now that there is a, there's a flow. There's a flow. It's not too much different, though I don't speak like G'day. They know that there's a flow here. My accent's better than theirs. It's quite obvious. Sorry, girls. It's just the way it is. English came before Australian. <laughs> Poor English, I might add, but nevertheless. But the author and origin, the author and the origin has not changed. So don't change the origin and the author. If you want this New Year's revelation, do not change the author or the origin. There'll be many temptations for you young people this year. Many temptations for you older people this year. Don't change the author or the origin in other words, what do we mean by origin? The food that you get at this table, stay at the table. God is your father. Don't look for another father. Okay? So the table's the origin. The father's the author. He supplies what you need. And he supplies it in a place, at a table. And this table is what God's given you. So don't change the origin. Because if you change the origin, you'll eat contaminated food and you become confused so many people are eating from different tables and they think well it's food isn't it it's okay okay that's that's where you need to mature right there and then so the author of the revelator and the origin is a continuous one okay 
when you have a continuous table, this is what happens. And you have a continuous author, he becomes reliable, he becomes dependable, and he becomes firm. Reliable, dependable, firm. This is the revelation that God is going to give you this year. He's building on what he's already spoken. He has not given you something that is left field. This New Year's revelation will be continuous. He's building on a foundation. The foundation's been laid for many of us. For some of you, it's still not been laid. After all these years, you still don't have a foundation. But for others, there is a foundation. God can build on that foundation. Amen? It's still the, still the same builder. God didn't change the building company. He kept his own hands on you. So from this position, a fresh revelation then begins to emerge. So it's origin and author must be the same. From that author and origin, a continuous, uh, so that table then becomes continuous, stable, reliable, and dependable and firm. You get that? You sure? Go back then. God is this author. This table is continuous. She said the author and the, and the revelator is continuous. And when you work from that place, the revelation becomes continuous, stable, reliable, dependable, and firm. You know, people, Bible tells us that there'll come a time when men will run from here to there looking for people to tell them what they want to hear. What does that tell you? That tells me that there's people out there who eat from so many tables that they're confused and they don't know what they're hearing, so they need, they're running everywhere. They're like three blind mice. But we don't have to run. Why? Because God has supplied us with a table. God is continuous. God is consistent. God is reliable. God is dependable. God's revelation is firm in our lives. Amen? Thank God. Thank God. We're not like three blind mice. So when we look at Peter's word, that which was from the beginning, go back to uh, 1 John, sorry, not Peter, 1 John, that which was from the beginning. Let's break that verse down a minute, and we see that there was a fresh, not only was there, a, uh, there was the author and the origin revealed of their revelation, there was a fresh hearing. How many times had they heard God? How many times did they heard Jesus speak? Many, many times. But every time Jesus spoke, they didn't always understand. How many of you know that? Times when Jesus had to keep speaking and speaking and speaking again until the penny dropped. God is good. God is gracious. God will keep speaking until the penny drops. Why? Because God knows the difference between someone who just doesn't understand and someone who's resisting. The resistor, God can't speak because the coins reject. The mechanism rejects the coins. How many of you know that? So you try and lick it, don't you? Well, I do. Try and lick the coin, so hopefully the mechanism and the machine will take the coin. But how many times the coin just keeps coming out? So what you do, you boot the machine. Do you not? Of course you do. You've all been there. Right? And then you say to somebody else, have you got something? How many times when your coins reject, you go, you go to somebody else, what have you got? Then you go and run to somebody else's pocket to find out. Or to somebody else's church, or to somebody else's table, trying to find out, 
The fault is your mechanism. It's rejecting what God's trying to put in. They're the people who don't want to change. An engineer comes along and he says, you need a new mechanism. Because everything that we try to put in, you reject. How many of you know people like that? Who need a new mechanism this year? Attitude, whatever you put in them, they reject. No, maybe not you, I know. So there's a fresh hearing that needs to come to you. A fresh hearing from God. The next part, what those disciples saw, not only did they have an origin, not only did they have the same author, not only did they get a fresh hearing, but there was a fresh vision. That which we have seen. Yeah? A fresh vision comes from a fresh revelation. When you get a fresh revelation, you get vision. What do you say when you see something different? Oh, I see it now. So when you see something new, you can then walk and pursue it. Amen? God wants to give us a fresh revelation of himself. Stop asking God for what, how God, how are you going to use me this year? Just ask God to give you a revelation of himself. When you see a revelation of God, all the rest fails into insignificance. It does. See God fresh. Seek him first. Seek first the kingdom. The kingdom king. Then we see that which we saw, that which we heard, sorry, that which we heard, that which we saw, that which we have touched. They laid hold of him. A fresh revelation causes you to lay hold of him differently. You see, if I see, if I see my wife in a different light and she sees me in a different light, what do we do? We embrace each other. It causes you to put your hands out and bring that which you're seeing closer to yourself. And he was in love. When you had the marriage enrichment last year, did it cause you, come on guys, is the time to wise up now, did you embrace your wife differently? Well, thank you, Paul. Dave nodded. Let me just say, we'll go, we'll go again. When you had a revelation that you'd been a bit of a dipstick and your love languages were all up the pole, some of you are saying, what's he on about? Don't worry. Did you embrace your wife differently? Yes. Right. It's the same with God. When your love language is all wrong, God has to speak to you about his love language. And when God speaks to you about his love language and it hits your soul, you rise differently. Yeah? Now, I saw last year... I witnessed Kevin and Rachel standing at this altar. I saw two dove eyes looking at each other, smitten with love. When he saw her coming down the aisle, he started to cry. Man up. She'll make you cry a lot. <laughs> he started to look at her. He's like, his heart was taken away. Oh, this is the most beautiful thing. That's happened to me. She sees him. She starts crying. Tears are exchanged. Hopefully, that embrace is still going on. Good. <laughs> Love languages need to be understood because the more you, you know, um, what's the word? Communicate the love language, the greater you want to pursue the other person. True. Some of us fell in love with Jesus the first day we met him. 
But guess what? Your love needs stirring again. You've allowed it to become, it's just Jesus again. So fresh revelation brings a fresh word. It brings a fresh life. It brings a fresh testimony to your life. You see, when Carol and I had our marriage enrichment, the following weekend, Carol and I went away. And we spent a night in a hotel, and all we did during the day was, no, we didn't. All we did was we went through our marriage enrichment again. And we spent seven hours doing our marriage enrichment. But I tell you what, it changed me. I embraced it differently. It was a great, great thought we had to go and do it because what we were saying to ourselves is we don't want to get caught up in the moment here only. We want to thoroughly work it through over here. And since that, we've got some new behaviors and we've embracing each other differently. Why? Because we don't want our relationship to stay the same. 30 years not out is better than most English, most English cricket teams. I want to go another 30 years not out. Some of you want to go not out, not out. We're standing there, batting together. It's the best combination to have. But you've got to do something differently. You need a fresh revelation. I've got to see Carol differently. I've got to see myself differently. So in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, let me just come to this. You might think, he's taking a different turn now. No, it's not. It's the same race. Luke 2, verse 8. And you've read this scripture many times and you think, well, the season's gone now, so why are you using this scripture? Listen, the thing about the, gospel, the, the Christmas or the nativity story, as it's been dubbed, is it's not seasonal. You made it seasonal. It's in the Bible. It was never meant just to be read out at Christmas. So we can read it anytime we want. We can bring whatever truth's in there Whatever revelation's in there, we can bring out at any time we want. Why? Because it's not seasonal. How many of you know that? Why? Because it's revelational. God wants to speak to us now in a New Year's revelation. God wants to speak from this scripture. Amen? So, and then there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news, great joy. That will be for all the people. So heaven is speaking for behalf of the people. Amen. Today in your town, David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly great company of heavenly hosts appeared. And the angel praising God saying, glory to the Lord in the highest on earth. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. It's still the same message. Peace to those who find this message. Favor falls on those, it rests. It's still a prophetic message. Amen? Heaven is still speaking. Angels are still witnessing, albeit they're not proclaiming now. The Holy Ghost is speaking to us. But there are still people who need this message, and when this message came, it was for the good of the people. Amen? Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, peace to men to whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem, see the thing that has appeared, has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Soon as these guys received this revelation, 
they began to change course. A revelation must move you into a new course. Now, it's the same race. You're on the same path. But it, when it comes, it fuels you. It gives you the impetus. It gives you to create the momentum. Amen? It gives you the momentum, should say, to overcome the impetus. And here we go. There was a company of people. God was given a revelation for a company of people. How many of you believe the revel this New Year's revelation that God gives us is for you, the company of people? Heaven is open so that heaven can keep speaking to a company of people. Amen? God was trying to tell the people of the coming attraction. Revelation always announces the coming attraction. Though the revelation lingers, wait for it. For it will come to pass. And people, because it doesn't come to pass immediately, abandon the journey. That's why they go left. They go right. That's why they run to conferences, getting someone to lay hands on them. Another hand goes on them. The best hand that wants to go on them is round the neck. Stay at home. Yeah? Prophesy over me. Why? Because they never want to go and do anything with what's prophesied. They just like the tingle. The next thing that came out of this, heavenly host was involved. How many of you believe heaven's going to be involved this year? God wants you to have a greater revelation of heaven. Heaven's involvement in our lives this year is going to be fantastic. It's going to be supernatural. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be revealing. It's going to reveal Christ to us. It's going to reveal the Father. It's going to reveal so many things to us as we lock in, engage Christ this year and pursue this revelation, heaven will just begin to soak upon your life. His word will come alive. Amen? Heaven was speaking and declaring things of what, of what we could expect. He told them that there was a baby to be born. It was telling them what they could expect. When God's revelation comes to you this year, he's telling you what you can expect. A baby's going to be born. A baby's going to be born. Something that's going to kick inside of you. Something that's going to let you, a part of heaven's going to come on the inside of you and it's going to kick from the inside and it's going to let you know that heaven is about to birth something in your life. Heaven is about to birth a new, something new. This baby, there's only one baby, but there's many children yet to be born. Spiritually, physically. The next thing when heaven began to speak, it began to speak of the good news. There's greater good, there's some good news in this revelation that God's got for you this year. Some good news. Amen? What does good news produce? Hope. Hope. Paul said to us this morning, we've got to keep our feet steady, firm. Shield of faith. Hope allows me and empowers me to keep my shield of faith. Why? Because my faith keeps me expecting. When, you, when you're pregnant, you're expecting. You expect a child to come in the next da-da-da-da, depending when you got the news. You expect a child. You expect your life to change. You expect this invasion to come and take over the house. This life that's going to invade you, it's going to change your life. There's going to be a correlation. 
There's going to be a relationship with this child. Amen? And just like most pregnancies, there's always a surprise. There was two, but they only told you one. We didn't plan for two. No, but the revelation did. I'm not forecasting that on some of you. This revelation that the disciples had, it affected people beyond them. That which we've seen, we write to make your joy complete. It affected people beyond you. Your revelation is given for you to affect people beyond you. Wow. The moving and declaring of heaven. There will be a moving and a a declaring of heaven this year and it will be revealed to us in signs and wonders. There will be signs and wonders on the earth this year. There will be signs and wonders. People will get healed. People will get turned around. People will wonder what's going on. This is the nature of the revelation. The kingdom will come this year on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom will come. A new revelation. It's a new year's revelation. It's not a new day. It's not one bit of It's a new year of revelation. It's a whole year of revelation. Wow. It's not a day. It's not one Sunday. It's a new year's. A new year of revelation. Amen? So every time you stand in God's presence, every time you open his word, it's a year of revelation coming to us. Greater depth, greater revealing of heaven. Can that surely be? Yes. And the people began to synergize their unity together. Soon as these disciples had received their revelation, they began sharing it with each other. It began to move others to the same revelation. That which we've received, we write, so that your joy may be sweet and it may be complete. So others are joining in. Amen? What is the point of having revelation of Christ if you can't include others? Yeah? So go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Got cramp again. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born, king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard that he was disturbed, sorry, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. I bet there was. And when he, caught, um, <clears throat> when he had called together all the people, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, he asked them where, where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Liar. After they heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen in the east, they went ahead of them until they'd stopped over a place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened up the treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So much in that scripture. 
That's not seasonal. It's still, it's still prophetic to us. Yeah. Still going on. Do you know, if the whole situation of the birth and the Magi would have been women, things would have been different. The women would have asked for directions. Would they not? They'd have asked for directions. Looking star, that's, not, that's no flipping direction. Ask! They would have asked for directions. They would have arrived on time. Two years these guys were looking. These women would have arrived on time. And they weren't African neither. Because they arrived on time. That's why he wasn't born in your part of the world. Because he knew he needed people who were going to get there on time. <laughs> okay. Still love me after that? Okay, we can go further. They would have cleaned the table, the stable. True? Ladies, you'd have had that stable all cleared. That's right. They'd, they'd have helped deliver the baby. Mel would have been there. Should have delivered. Yeah? The women would have made a casserole. Yeah? And there would be peace on earth if the women would have been involved. But God didn't choose you lot. God chose men. Imperfect men. Who took them two years to find it. Yeah? There was no room in the inn. Premier inn. They were in a travel lodge, I think. Not a premier inn. But God uses everything so that this revelation can continue. There wasn't three wise men. There's no indication it was three. You take the gold, the incense, and the myrrh, think there must be three. It doesn't matter how many were there. The point is, there is a revelation in this for us to glean. Amen? So, the three wise men, as you have often been told, we'll call them wise men. The wise men embarked on a journey of purpose because of the heavenly star shining from the east. Something got their attention and began to move them in a new direction. Where did the star come from? Heaven. Heaven. It wasn't just any star. Heaven began to shine over their lives. Remember what we said? The origin has not changed. This origin or, or the revelator, the revelation can be seen all the way through scripture. If it can lead wise men, let it continue leading wise men. Yes? Heaven has a purpose for you. It must be able to lead you. You must keep looking up. You must keep looking what's above you. Because heaven is shining above us. The moment you stop looking above, you'll look to another source. These, that's why they were wise men. They knew how to follow what was leading them. Do you know how to follow who's leading you? Hello, church, this, this morning. This is 2.15. This is the new proclamation. Do you know how to follow who is leading you? Because how can you expect a greater revelation if you can't follow who's leading you? 
So important question. The wise men had received the revelation that this was a baby, but it was no ordinary baby. It was, in fact, a baby that was being born to become king. Not only of the Jews, but of the nations. The revelation that you're going to get throughout this year is not ordinary. It's to rule. The revelation that God's given you is to equip you to rule the nations. Because the one who was born was born to rule the nations. That's your destiny. To join him and partner with the one who's ruling the nations. That's why his kingdom must come in your life. Because his kingdom is governmental. God's not only interested in looking after you. God wants you to look after the nations that he's putting you in charge of. Because dominion is his. Kingdom dominion is your destiny. So how can you get involved with his agenda? You have to keep following him. David, you've got to keep following that star. Because if you're going to become into the realm that you want to go into, he's got to prepare you and show you Christianity at a different level. You can't go in that realm you want to go into being just David. Every one of us has got a domain we're working. God's got to show you how that domain needs to be grafted into the kingdom and how it works in the kingdom. It's got to be more than just your job. Because what happens if your job changes? But the kingdom mandate over your life never changes. The baby was born to rule. You're born to rule. You're not born to be the ruler. You're born to partner in rulership. Don't think your job is to take over your company. That's not what we're saying. But the one who was born to rule, you're the one destined to partner with the one who rules. We rule and reign with him. Amen? Oh, let me get through this. The wise men did not come to make a a token gesture. They did not come to Jesus, to this birth, just to give him a token gesture. I heard this week, I think it was Bill Johnson said it, and I thought it was a great comment he made. He said, the star had to lead him to this baby because they had to, out of the millions of babies that were born, they had to see this baby was different from all the other babies. There has to be a mark upon your life this year that when people look at all the other millions of people, your life stands out. You're still the king's children. So God has to put you in places where the mark upon your life stands out amongst all the others. Because what do we say? What did that scripture say? Whoever receive him, his favor and peace will rest. Amen? That was the proclamation that came from heaven. Whoever receive him, heaven's peace and favor will rest. Well, if heaven's peace and favor is resting, that's the mark that others need to see. They need to see heaven's favor and heaven's peace. If you're flapping like everybody else, you're no different. Something has to be different. You need a revelation. Listen, this revelation will change you. That's why we asked the question at the beginning, who wants change and who wants to change? Revelation won't change you unless you've got a desire to want to change. And when you want to change, the revelation will be given to help you and equip you. But if you don't want to, 
no revelation will ever do. Hello? They did not come to give him a token gesture. They came because of the revelation. And when they saw the revelation, what they had was his. Amen? The wise men did not come. They did not come just, they did not make any just any kind of journey. They made a special journey. They worshipped the king who had not even been raised. They worshipped the baby. There was nothing this baby could give to them, and there was nothing this baby could do for them. Hello? Many of us serve God because of what he'll give to us and what he'll do for us. True? They came when he was still a baby. This baby could do nothing for them, but heaven said, whoever receive him, heaven's peace and favor will rest. If you want heaven's peace and favor, you must still keep following the one who's leading. The baby did not stay a baby. He became the king. But our nativity, our nativity leave him in the manger. Why? Because we see it only as a seasonal thing. It's not a seasonal message. It's in the Bible. It's our message. Society only wants to hear it at Christmas. And even then they don't want to hear it. They want you to dumb it down. There's no message in putting little children holding a baby. You're the message. What you should do is have a baby and then bring the next one out. Here he is. He's grown up now. Put the baby away. Let the kids involved? Absolutely. So let me ask you a few questions. This king had not been raised. This king was proclaimed, announced, but he had not been raised. A revelation announces things before things have actually taken, taken their course. So can you hold on for the revelation to be fulfilled? Can you not take his word and see your future and then embrace the process along the way rather than expect the manifestation of the word to appear right overnight? It doesn't work like that. The baby was pronounced a king well before he'd ever even taken his bottle, well before he'd even ran in the street with his diapers. He was announced a king. This is the king, but he's a baby, but he's a king. When God speaks his word to you, he speaks to you of what you will be. He didn't tell you the process at that point. He tells you what's going to happen. See yourself. See the long haul. Not the overnight gratification. See the process. This revelation, listen, this revelation that was spoken went ahead of kings, went ahead of priests, and went ahead of prophets. The revelation that God's given us, you know there's many in our city who are not getting the revelation you've got. The revelation that you've got is most of, most of the police don't have it. Most of the civil servants don't have it. Most people, professional people in our city do not carry the revelation that you've got. God has allowed what, what, what was secret in heaven to be made known to you. But yet there are millions in our city who still don't carry what you carry. But you're the ones he's called to proclaim what you know and have received. 
Where has your revelation advanced you so far? Their revelation took them to the birth. Their revelation took them to the king. Where's your revelation taking you? I'll write that down. That's a good one to pray. Where's your revelation taking you so far? It's taking me to church. Whoa, you're a jolly good fellow. You don't need a revelation to come to church. You just need invitation sometimes. Where is your revelation taking you? Let me ask you another question. What difference is your revelation making in your life? If you know what others don't know, what, re- what difference is this revelation making in your life? If you can say, well, I know people I didn't know before, that's not, that can't be the sum total. What difference is your revelation making to your life? If this is such wonderful revelation, what difference is it making? What new journey are you willing to make because of that which is coming from above? What new journey are you willing to make because of that which is coming from above? Wow. Let me ask you a question. It might sound a little bit uh, controversial, but let me ask you this. What rules are you willing to break? Why do I ask that question? The Magi were told to report to the king. When they had found and discovered where the king was, they were told to report to the king so that the king then could go and make his worship. You know the king, the stories we read that the king wanted to kill the firstborn. He knew the saviour was born. But the king's so dumb, he doesn't realise that the proclamation is that he was born to be the king. He wasn't born just a king, he was born to be the king. That was his destiny. So no ruler on this earth could ever divert that destiny. True? So what rules are you willing to break? Who's telling you that you can't serve God this year? What's telling you that you can't go deeper this year? What limitations have you got on your life that says you can't go any further? You can't go any deeper. Which, what's, your, what's your partner saying? They may not be the same faith level as you. Might not even be the same faith. What part of your life is telling you that you can't receive this year's revelation? You've got to be willing to break the rule and step out the box. Because these Magi did the same thing. They did not return back to the king to tell him. The Holy Ghost told them, and they went a different route. So the Holy Ghost is telling you this year that you have to go a different route. It's time to go on a different route. You might need to break a few of your own rules, your own vows, your own limitations, your own containment. You may have to step out the box in order to get this New Year's revelation. For grace, she's going to step out. She's going to step out this year. Now, going to Australia is not the step. Staying in Australia is the step. Seriously. Going on the plane is the easy part. You watch movies, you'll eat food. You'll fall asleep. 
You do that again forever and ever. It seems that long. But when you get in Australia, that's when, and the work starts, and God gets his hand inside, that's when this makes sense. It's a New Year's revelation for you, Grace. A whole year. Day upon day, revelation upon revelation, precept upon precept. We don't all have to go to Australia. She's the lucky one. The sun shines on the righteous here. I just ain't seen much of it this year, but it does. The issue is, church, what are we going to do differently? Are we going to break a few of our own rules? Not his rule, our rules. People's rules they put on us. To change and become different. They were so overjoyed, these wise men, when they received the news. Are you overjoyed that God's going about what God is about to do to us this year? He said in one translation, the word, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. One translation said exceedingly. And that word exceedingly means excessive, violent, amazing that isn't it excessive means violent excessive in other words they went too far in their joy in their pursuit can there ever be such a thing of going too far for Christ amen can there ever be too much we know excess in the flesh means you get you indulge to the point of it has detrimental effect. But spiritually, pursuing him, they were pursuing him excessively. That's what we need in our life this year, an excessive pursuit. It means accessible. Excessive, accessible, and violent. They found access through the spirit. They had excess in heart. That's why they were overjoyed. They were violent because they pushed every limitation. Two years! They looked. Two years. Have we got any of that substance in our life this year? So when we stood in worship and we said, Lord, breathe on us. I'm going to ask us to stand now. And I want God to breathe in those three qualities. Excess. Access, excess, and violence. Violence to pursue him and let nothing stand in our way. The Bible says in Matthew that the kingdom of God since the days of John the Baptist, has been forcefully advancing. And one translation says, and violent men lay hold of it. There is such a violence, a righteous violence, to pursue the king and the kingdom that it's, it cannot be measured with any other kind of violence. Because every other kind of violence is negative. And it's evil and it's destructive. But this kind of violence is pure. It's righteous. It's clean. It's holy. It's inspired of God. Amen? So let's stand to our feet, if we will, please. I asked, who wants to change? Phil, can you put this to one side for me, please? Who wants to change? Or who wants change, sorry? Who wants change? And who wants to change? The question still is there for us now to answer. Who wants change? Well, I want change. And I'll pursue some change this year because I want change. But I know ultimately, God wants change in me, so I must want what he wants. 
That's what, that's what being a servant is. I want what he wants. So if I'm willing to pursue what he wants, I can expect some change. True? And I also know I want to be a wise man. I know that there's treasure inside my heart. I know this wise man carries treasure. Is there any wise men in here? Do you carry treasure? Do you know what treasure you carry? If he asks you to come and put your treasure in front of him, what are you bringing? What treasure have you got to lay at his feet? Because don't make him a token gesture. They were worshipping him. They were worshipping a king, not a baby. They were worshipping a king, not a baby. They were worshipping what had been proclaimed, not what they saw. Hello? What do you see? Do you worship what you see or do you worship what's been proclaimed? Worship what's been proclaimed. Because if your earthly vision doesn't match up to what's been proclaimed in the hearse, you will then dilute that. You must come to what's above you. So, raise your hands if you will. I'm not going to pray for you because that's the easy part. Because that's me bringing change, that's not you. Who wants to change? This is a good message to bring us to a point of what God is doing this year. How many of you know that? Be a wise man this morning. When I say men, I'm not just talking male. Everyone in here this morning. Man is the species. Male and female is the description of the species. Man is the species. So men, ladies, human species, spiritual species, God is asking you this morning, who wants change? Who wants to change? Tell him you want to change. If that's you, go on ahead. I want to encourage you to begin to speak to him now. And then I'm going to ask him to breathe on us and give us the three, I feel, dimensions of this new pursuit. Access, excess, and violence. Come on, church. Let's engage with him. I, I, I plead with you to speak with him. Lord, change my heart this year. Let me come in line with the revelation that's been proclaimed from heaven. I might not be there right now, oh God, but Lord, bring me to that place. Bring me to the place of the revelation. Give me a greater revelation. Lord, I want a New Year's revelation. Give me a New Year's revelation. Oh God, open up the windows of heaven. Open up my eyes this year. Open up my heart. Open up my hands. Open up my life. Lord, I'm going to break the rules of my own containment. They told Cinderella she wasn't allowed out, out the basement. It's a lie. They tried to contain her. I know that's not real life, but that's... Some of us feel like we've been put in the, in the cellar. We've been told that we'll never amount to much. We'll never rise. We can't go beyond point A, point B. But God is bringing a carriage, a heavenly carriage right now. It's called Revelation. The Revelation's waiting at the door. It says, step into the Revelation and let me take you to the ball. Let me take you to the destination that I have for you. Change, change, change. Come out of the dungeon. Come out of the cave. Come out of your containment. Come out of containment. Step into that which is new. For you, the revelation is the, is, is equivalent of the new of the uh, the horse and chariot that's waiting to take you from one destination to another. 
Be captured by the revelation. Oh God, let's work on the facts. The correlation of the facts. God speaks. I can hear. I can receive. I can understand. I can fulfill. I can obey. I can make the journey. I can transition in the spirit. It's all been made available to me. Father, the only thing stopping me is my will. Not my will be done, but your will be done. As it is in heaven, so it shall be done on the earth. Lord, I choose to partner with heaven this year. Not on the earth. Help me to get in, oh God. Help me to get in at the level I need to get in at. Oh, Father. Right now, get ready to receive a new access. God is giving new access codes. For those who really pursue God and desire, God's giving you a new access code. In your spirit, God's going to show you by revelation how to press into him clearer. How the word's going to come to life. He's going to show you his life. He's going to show you his word. He's going to show you his life. He's going to show you his purpose this year. Let him take your life and let him give you a new access code. Right now, Father, I release the access code. Faith is an access code. Belief is an access code. Right now, release the access code of faith. Right now, receive it, receive it, receive it. Right now, in Jesus' name, take the impartation. There's an impartation right now. Take it. A fresh wind of faith is coming. Take it. Your life needs it right now. Take it in the spirit. It's going to give you a new access code. A new access. Right now, in Jesus' name, a new access. Oh, right now, grab it. Grab it in the spirit. It's mine, oh God, I'm going to take it. As this word comes to me, it's going to create faith on the inside. This faith is not going to move me. I refuse to be moved. I'm going to stay on my ground. There's going to be a new excess, a new, a new pursuit. Oh, a new pursuit this year. Right now, in Jesus' name, receive a new excess. A new momentum. Receive a new violence this year. To lay hold of that which is to have the courage to stay on the, on the path. To stay, have the courage to stay in the fight. To have the courage to rise above. To lay hold of the king and the kingdom. Irrespective whether it goes dark or light. Stay with the origin. Stay with the author. Don't be, don't be moved to the left or to the right. Stay on course. For this is your destiny, says the Lord. The kingdom will come this year. Peace and favor will rest on your life. Men will seek you out. Women will seek you out. Because the mark of the Holy One will be upon us. Wise men. God is still looking for wise men. Men who carry treasure. Women who carry treasure. Who will lay it at the king's feet. Who are willing to keep pouring out the treasure despite what they see. It's not what they see, it's what's been proclaimed over their life. In Jesus' name. Look to the person at the side of you and say, I'm going, we're going this year. Come on. We're going this year, we're locking in this year. Go and tell someone. Don't just look at yourself, go and confess it to somebody. I'm locking in this year. Access, excess. 
A new, a new wind of... Oh, the Holy Ghost is coming upon me. The star's still shining, guys. The star's still shining. It's still leading us. Amen? How many of you believe? The star's still shining. And it will keep shining until the king... The king's ruling the nations. Read Revelation. Every tongue, will, every tongue will confess. Every knee will bow down that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he will not stop until all the nations have become his footstool. Well, I don't see that day happening just right now. I don't see that day right now. It's not happened. So you keep on reigning and ruling until it does. Partner with him in kingdom dominion. Partner with him. Let the star keep light, uh, shining. Let the star keep proclaiming. Until we see the nations become his footstool. Amen. Then we will rule and reign with him forever and ever. Amen. And we close the book. Amen. Well, just look at the person at the side of you. Peace. On earth. Peace. To all men. May his favor and his peace rest upon you and your household this 215. In Jesus' name. Amen.